0: Many health professionals are concerned about health equity, including those who care about health communication. Dr. Renata Schiavo, the editor in chief of the Journal of Communication and Healthcare, has a health equity approach to communication that's really in sync with what we do here at HCP. It can help you whether you communicate with patients, clients, or the public. And as a bonus, it can save you time. This is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel, live by Skype with Dr. Renata Schiavo from Columbia University. Dr. Schiavo, welcome to the show. Thank you
1: for inviting me.
0: So Dr. Schiavo is the Senior Lecturer at the Department of Sociomedical Sciences at Columbia's Mailman School of Public Health, She's the editor-in-chief of the peer-reviewed journal of communication and healthcare strategies, media and engagement in global health, and is also the founder and president and on the board of directors of the Health Equity Initiative, which is a member-driven nonprofit membership organization. Dr. Scavo, can you tell us a little bit about the Health Equity Initiative that you founded?
1: Yes, thank you, Annemarie. My passion has been always with uh, working with underserved, marginalized, vulnerable population, both in the US and in other countries. So Health Equity Initiative is uh, founded on the principle that we need so many different people, so many different sectors, so many different communities uh, to get engaged in addressing the social determinant of health. And so uh, we focus on championing transformative change to advance health equity. We support knowledge, we engage community leaders uh, and build capacity to address the barriers that prevent people from uh, leading a healthy and productive life. And Health Equity Initiative advocates for improving conditions in achieving equity in health for all.
0: Thank you for that. That's, that's a remarkable reach that the organization has. And you're already hinting at some of where I'm going with my next question because you're someone who works on health equity in and beyond the health sector at multiple levels. So what is a problem that is really front of mind for you that you are trying to address that's related to health communication?
1: so never as in this moment and also throughout my career we have been reminded about the impact of social discrimination whether it's racism or other forms of discrimination just like in against the lgbtqi community or against people from low-income settings or uh, immigrants or others. So so I think that both COVID-19 and the the recent episodes of police brutality against the black community have demonstrated the importance of addressing social discrimination uh, in our communities and uh, as a key determinant of a lot of health and uh, social inequities we see. And I feel that communication with its focus on building bridges, creating partnerships, empowering people has a key role in addressing social discrimination.
0: Thank you for that. And I'm wondering in, in the, the multiple leadership roles that you hold, um, how are you doing some of this work? How are you doing some of this bridge building? What does that, what does
1: that look like in your career? What does that mean to you now? Uh, my, my main uh, uh, concern is that a lot of the work we do in, address- in our communication continues to be a bit top-down. And we really need to bring in the voice of communities uh, and use participatory and human-centered design solutions to approach so many of these inequities that our communities experience. So it's important to listen to their conven- con- concerns, to their uh, Uh, issues, their needs, their priority, and develop solutions with them. And so this is an approach that is by far more common in uh, uh, economically developing nations, such as the countries where I worked. I work in Rwanda, in Angola, in Brazil, and so community consultation, community dialogue, tends to be approaches that are more used in a lot of those countries. Uh, And also here in the US, we are seeing uh, A lot of, you know, uh, increased interest in community dialogue and engagement. So there's a lot to learn also from these experiences from developing countries and the importance of coming together as a community and really raising the voice of community leaders.
0: So it sounds like you're using some of your experiences in the Rwanda, Rwanda, Angola, Brazil and and seeing some traction here for the community-driven approaches in the U.S. How does that emerge or does that emerge in your work with the Journal of Communication and Healthcare?
1: So, I think that there are different ways that in the journal we are trying to basically advocate for these themes to be integrated in our communication. One of them is through editorials. Uh, Bought by myself and other members of our editorial board. And the other one is through call for papers uh, that highlighted the importance of community-driven approaches to communication and also other initiatives uh, that may bring in the voices of patients and community leaders within the materials we uh, receive and publish.
0: What are you learning from going about this community-driven approach? What are you learning, looking back at your career right now, that might be helpful in this moment?
1: So, first of all, it is possible to do this. That's one important lesson learned. And in fact, uh, you mentioned before, Altaquity Initiative, we worked with uh, the Office of Minority Health Resource Center, or the HHS Office of Minority Health, to, on a consultative process uh, with community leaders, with local academia, with local community centers and a variety of other stakeholders to develop uh, task forces for infant mortality prevention here in the United States in cities where there were high rates of infant mortalities. Uh, There are some uh, uh, reluctance to do that, because sometimes people may feel that there is a lot of time invested in participatory planning processes, but actually the time that we may save up front, we waste at the hand, because the solution we may design may not be meeting the needs and priorities of our communities. And also, uh, if we design uh, communication intervention with communities, uh, we also recognize the expert in and um, their needs and priority and so one of the main teams uh, uh, in my work has been that uh, we need to recognize the expert on everyone and wh- while we may be you know trained in public health we may be trained in health communication the communities are really the expert uh, in their needs and priority and also these uh, reduces the chance for any kind of bias or discrimination. We may bring in intervention that have been designed without the input of community leaders and the communities that they are intended for. It's
0: such a powerful set of statements, too. What happens when you begin with the communities that you are trying to serve? You save time because you haven't made an intervention that is irrelevant to them because they have been informing it all along. You help eliminate bias because it's their values and their languages that are informing the processes. And you, you build a different kind of relationship when you treat people as experts in their own situations and in their own lives. Thank you for that. Thank you for all of that. What do you see as your next steps as a leader, a researcher, an editor-in-chief, a citizen,
1: Uh, I feel that uh, things are starting to move in the right direction, so there is a lot of interest uh, in community engagement, in community mobilization, we are seeing the recent protests being an example of community mobilization, but it's also important that people start releasing some power and sit down on equal footing with community members and really start recognizing this expert in everyone. This is a lesson that I learned very early in my career as a young practitioner in Angola. I was uh, uh, basically working on malaria prevention in refugee camps. And I had in one of these encounters a young mother approaching me and she just came to thank me for being there. But she also said, look, what you're talking about malaria prevention in this moment is not important to me. What I'm concerned about is whether my children are going to sleep tonight, uh, whether they are going to have food, and the fact that my husband uh, just recently died. And this was a very important moment in my career in which I learned about the importance of attending first to the needs and priority of the communities we, we serve. So I think that this is an important moment for the health equity and racial equity movement, a moment in which we need to put uh, uh, health and social justice at the forefront of everything we do, a moment in which we have to make every action and policy count toward the health equity and making sure that the community voices are, are, are heard and that they are incorporated in our communications, in our policy, in our intervention. Wow. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for the Angola story too and
0: and for the emphasis on these on the kind of coming together, the institutionalizing, the formalizing, the codifying of these practices that have been going on in different places around the world for, for decades now. But let's go ahead and make that mainstream. Let's go ahead and really focus on seeing the expertise that's in the communities and engaging that in every step of the process. Thank you, Dr. Scavo, for being on the show and sharing this with us.
1: Thank you very much.
0: This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel, live via Skype with Dr. Renata Scavo. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.